The Spectator magazine combines incisive political analysis with books and arts reviews of unrivaled authority. Subscribe today for just £12 and receive a 12-week subscription in print and online, plus a £20 Amazon gift voucher, absolutely free. Go to spectator.co.uk forward slash voucher. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Isabel Hardman and I'm joined by James Forsyth and Katie Balls. Well, the big story in Westminster today is allegations by the Public Administration Select Committee Chair, William Ragg, that MPs have in effect been blackmailed. James, please explain to us what is allegedly going on. So Will Ragg, at the beginning of his select committee hearing today, and it's worth noting that Will Ragg is one of the MPs who has sent in a, has publicly said that he has sent in a letter calling for Boris Johnson to go, said that those people who were considering having no confidence in the Prime Minister were being threatened with a variety of things, including kind of revelations about their life and their their private life and their behaviour, and, you know, the threat of uh, withdrawal of funding for projects in their constituency. Now, I think there are two different reactions to this. One is a kind of Westminster reaction of, well, that's what whips offices do, you know. It, they are the kind of sewers of Westminster, and it's and, and it's not a particularly attractive site. The second is, well, maybe this is another kind of expenses-style scandal. There's something that everyone in Westminster knows goes on, and we don't get shocked by it because we're kind of aware of it. But when the general public come to hear of it, they are appalled. Now, I think what is interesting here is Christian Wakeford, the Tory MP who defected to the Labour Party yesterday, has said that he was threatened with not getting a high school if he didn't vote with the government on a certain on in his constituency on a certain measure. Now, I think because Christian Wakeford has just left one political party to join another, he's not seen as an entirely impartial witness. I think things will get more serious if people who still take the Tory whip start to allege that this kind of thing has happened. I also think that this is also a product of the fact that some of the new intake of Tory MPs have been quite shocked at how aggressive the flush-out tactics have been. Um, you know, smoking out, smoke them out, reveal their plot, try and put them in the newspaper, put the wind up them. Lots of these people haven't are not used to be on the front page of, of newspaper stories. And, and so I think mean, that this might be a product of that. But I don't think this revelation helps because at the very least, I think it means that the whips will have to step a lot more um, carefully in the coming weeks. Katie, Boris Johnson has said that he hasn't seen any evidence of what is being alleged, which is quite a careful answer from the Prime Minister, it has to be said. How damaging is this potentially for him as part of the mix of of stories and rows around him at the moment? I just think any piece of news that can fit into the general narrative of Boris under pressure on Partygate and drags it out for another day and gives it a fresh lease of life is a problem for Boris Johnson. And it's almost as in, I think we can judge Boris Johnson's struggles of the past, you know, well, we could say months, but let's say the past week and a half since that ITV email came out on pool clips. And there's two pool clips. Obviously, there was one earlier this week, which was nothing short of a disaster and actually made lots of Tory MPs think maybe he couldn't lead them into... Those on the fence began to harden against the Prime Minister by saying, well, no one told me I broke my rules. But then today, being asked about the whips, and I think that you can just see how it is dominating the news. In terms of how damaging it is, 
I think as James touches on, just practically, number 10 on the whips have clearly chosen to take a very heavy-headed approach to all these 2019 rebels. And I think that Boris Johnson uh, is clearly probably staying enough distance that he will have complete deniability we'll try and have that because he knows um probably from the past few weeks discussing with various people how to word his answers on which party he attended and how when you say various people do you mean lawyers i say lawyers but i'd also say advisors no like as in he's obviously speaking to his team and going through what might happen and these things and i imagine that's you know a mix of people around him lots of people already speculated that he some of the things he said like implicit might be legal language but unless you're in the meeting it's, it's hard to know but he's clearly having to think carefully about how he answers questions so he can't be accused of misleading the house I think they'll have distance between him and focus on the whip's office I think any sane prime minister would not want to know exactly in a way like how the sausage is made on this on this because there is a history of this happening but in terms of potential rebels after the Sue Gray report as James says I think this just makes it harder for the whips to keep a heavy-handed approach going because we don't obviously if more red wall MPs come out and say well I was threatened with this that will make it worse but I think just even if that doesn't happen it's going to be harder for the whips to call around I mean I, I wrote in the magazine this week about one wavering 2019er who was told by their whip that you know if they put a letter in it was discussed by the committee of the 1922 and they're implicitly trying to say well it won't be secret your name can make its way out turns out that's not true in the slightest and then found out and backfired but I think you can see the the desperation in trying to do this but I don't think it's tenable to keep doing it. James we've talked a lot about the impact on the Conservatives of Christian Wakeford's defection but he's obviously joined the Labour Party who at the moment are very happy to have uh, a new MP and Rachel Reeves Shadow Chancellor has been in Bury today sort of lapping up the uh, like a cat lapping up the cream I think is, is the best way of putting it she's been saying that Labour's the pro-business party tell us a bit more about that so I thought it was interesting that at PMQs yesterday Keir Starmer tried to say that, that Christian Wakeford's defection proved that both the Tories and Labour had changed the Tories had changed and that Christian Wakeford didn't feel he could stay there and the fact that Christian Wakeford felt he could join Labour was proof that Labour was a different party now I think as you have said I think that has that has a general and a specific point to it. But the general point is Labour is now, as Christian Wakeford put it, a moderate centrist party. The specific point is that Bury South has a considerable Jewish population. And I think the idea is to say the, one might say, tolerance to anti-Semitism that I think so stained Labour at the last election ha- has now gone. And that is why uh, someone who represents this seat and has taken a strong position on this issue now feels that they, they can join the Labour Party. I think the challenge is going to be this, which is the old joke in politics has always been that the left looks for traitors and the right looks for converts. How much are the Labour Party prepared to accept Christian Wakeford with all of his previous views, his jibes about Labour's lack of interest in deporting foreign criminals? And I did think that he did, you know, as he stood there and he sat on the Labour benches yesterday wearing his Union Jack face mask, he did rather stick out like a sore thumb. Because no, Keir Starmer does like uh, wearing the Union Jack almost as much as Liz Truss. Oh, no, no, two flags, I think, now. I think we are, we are, the flag inflation in British politics is definitely. But I think it is, I think it's an interesting question of of how disciplined the Labour Party are in their ability to win, I would suggest. Whether Christian Wakeford gets an easy ride to be selected as the Labour candidate for Bury South for the next election or not. Katie, what do you think? 
I think we've already seen a backlash on the left of the party about Christian Wakeford being appointed. Momentum, not particularly surprising. You've Labour, and I and I think that there's probably going to be a theme here in terms of stories emerging of things Christian Wakeford has said in the past, which are potentially embarrassing to Labour, or at least suggest that he hasn't always thought had such a high opinion of the party he's currently in. I also think there's a sense that Christian Wakeford is a bit of a live wire, and if you look at some of the comments he's previously made, you know, in terms of again. I won't say the word on the podcast, but a swear word. Naughty word. A naughty word that rhymes with Jeremy Hunt, that he is a bit, clearly does have capacity to be a hothead. And I think it is not going to be the easiest transformation to go from being a Tory MP to a Labour MP. And yes, I can see why Labour currently think it's a win for them, but I can also see problems ahead. I did enjoy Patrick of Flynn, who often writes for us, uh, tweeting that uh, actually that's probably what a lot of Labour MPs say about their own party uh, half the time anyway. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you, James. Thank you, Katie. And if you want to keep up to date with all the political news each day, do sign up to my daily evening blend email. Just go to spectator.co.uk forward slash blend.